Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. Jason, Bears lost game number two, and it wasn't much better than game number one. We will talk about all that and more live from Tampa, or live for us from Tampa, here on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, the Bears lose 27-17. Their offense has life at the very start of the game and at the very end and very little in between. Meanwhile, the defense makes Baker Mayfield look like Joe Montana. You combine those two things and, you know, the Bears lose a game that they might have been in for about a quarter of it. uh, And really it felt the whole time like they were going to lose. Not much better than the week one disappointment against the Packers, was it? This has been a total disaster of a start to the season. Nothing. There is not anything I can point to. Let's just stick with the offense for a minute. Mm Mm-hmm. The defense has its own problems. And Baker Mayfield throwing for 300 yards with a triple-digit passer rating. Like, right. you, Baker Mayfield's on his third team? Fourth team? Third team in the last uh, uh, 17 games, I think. I'm getting off track. Offense, Pet. I don't see anything in two games that looks right. I don't see anything that looks cohesive or promising for them. They are not protecting. Their receivers are not producing and that is partly them partly Justin Fields you are seeing scheme issues you're seeing like this the offense from Luke Getze doesn't seem to fit Justin Fields skills it doesn't seem to be real sensible to have all these screen passes on third and a million we are seeing either it's either a bad play design or bad play execution where uh, wide receivers or, or Cole Komet are and guys are in the same spot at the same time and that's leading to issues and it ends in kind of a culmination of all of their problems on that pick six by Justin right. Fields throwing a screen pass. What what was the play? What was the down and distance on that? It was, was it second and long. Yeah, second and eleven. No, it, f- uh, second and eleven. Yeah, needing to go ninety four yards to save the game, and it's and it there was not much headway on that goal. Yeah. It was very quickly. It was a screen pass thrown from your own end zone. Justin Fields misreading. Uh, Barrett, was it Barrett that jumped in? Yeah, Shaq Barrett. Yeah. Misreading that, I mean, just the no protection from the offensive line in that case. Like, it all looks wrong. Right. Two games in, I know, a long way to go, right. but so much to fix, Pat. This is so off track. Well, yeah, and let's talk about that screen real quick. The Bears, after really not being in it for most of the game, end up getting the ball back a little more than two minutes left in the shadow of their own end zone. Uh, there are two penalties to start that drive. One is a what offsides on the Bucks. The other is a uh, and the Bucks helped him. Barrett, Barrett, of yeah. course, jumped offsides. Yeah, and then trying to go for the safety, and they get they get the safety in the pick six, but yeah. none of it counts. Yeah, and then on the next play, Claypool is blocking uh, before a screen is thrown. Uh, and somebody said this in the press box. I think it was Mads on, but. Now he blocks, like like of all times, of all people and of all times, uh, he blocks too early. So that leaves the Bears uh, with 11 yards to go. I believe second down, Jason, or first down. On what? Uh, with two and a half, with a little more than two minutes to go. After all of that nonsense on the first two snaps, they end up first and 11. First and 11 at their own six, and that's where it went wrong. Yeah, it was field, first and 11 at their Fields own six. throws uh, ostensibly a middle screen. 
uh, to Khalil Herbert. He said he thought that Shaq Barrett saw it and kind of floated backwards uh, and kind of dropped into coverage. Regardless, Barrett picks it off, just kind of falls forward into the end zone for the shortest pick six you'll ever see. And the game's over. Four-yard return. Yeah. The, the quick um, assessment that I understood from the Bears that was going on on the Bears' sideline of that was that Barrett tricked him. Yeah. Barrett was acting though he was as though he was going to rush, but he was playing feels much like Quay Walker did mm-hmm. in covers the linebacker last week, playing like he was going to fall back on DJ Moore, but very quickly holding his own and stepping in front of that pass right. to Darnell Mooney for a pick six. Yeah, four pick sixes now for Justin Fields in his career, back to back weeks to start this season. How many does Aaron Rodgers have in his career? In his entire career, also four. <laughs> Jay, Cut- Jay Cutler, I, I think, was like twelve, something like that. Uh, but yeah, bad, just bad all the way around. And if you're a Bears fan, it had to hurt extra bad because we spent all week listening to people bemoan Justin Fields' play, Justin Fields' decision-making, and the Bears' play calling, which seemed super conservative last week. Now you're throwing a screen pass from your own six. You know, and Fields said, and, and I think this is true, that you know it, it's a hard place to call a deep pass because you worry about getting sacked for a safety there. So this is a screen, but it's it's also kind of thought of as a quick throw. I, I guess that's right, but it, to me it just seems to reinforce that I don't think the Bears have a whole lot of faith in their offensive line, one that today had no Nate Davis in it um, after a really bad showing last week. They're not. Luke Getze is either just calling absurd plays or he's calling plays based on that he doesn't trust his own line and he doesn't trust Fields. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like they're not turning either of those groups loose. It's, it, it's strange because, you know, there's probably a much longer conversation to be had about that, uh, about all of this. But, you know, when you have Fields dropping back, I understand that everybody wants him to throw deep and everybody wants him to press the defense. But designing a, an offense uh, that looks like that isn't a Justin Fields' offense. It's an offense that you could plug any other quarterback into. Fields today ran four times for three yards. One of them was a zero-yard gain that, you know, was a sack ostensibly. Um, you know, you look at the stats, he's, he's less dynamic than Baker Mayfield is. Baker Mayfield ran six times for 17 yards. It's, I don't know. They're kind of neither fish nor foul right now. Like I, I, you know, they're a bad, they want to throw a lot, but they're bad at it. And the thing they were good at last year running, uh, they, what today, 16 carries 67 yards. Yeah. Who had a good game rushing? I mean, Roshan Johnson averaged eight yards per carry, but that was just eight carries. And he had... By the way, Pat, so Roshan Johnson, four carries, 32 yards, 29 of that on one of them. Right. Yeah, so. So, I mean, that's great when you get it, but mm-hmm. it, but over, you're really getting only that. Yeah, and then he got uh, one yard a carry, uh, the, <laughs> the other three. Uh, it's Bayless just. Jones got in on offense. He ran, a, him ran a fly sweep for negative three nothing. yards. Yep. Uh, real quick, and this isn't a giant deal, but I'm just curious what you thought of uh, Deontay Foreman. Uh, being inactive. The Bears gave him $2 million to come here. It's a guy who was fifth in the league in rushing the last 10 weeks of last year with the with the Panthers. You know, he was inactive because he can't help him on special teams. But, you know, in theory, Valus Jones took his place. Well, this was, Pat, this was the problem with everything from their plan originally to keep seven wide receivers to me. Is that's a great plan as long as nobody gets hurt. Yep. But now, you know, as soon as you take the first snap of the regular season, people will have mm-hmm. injuries. Right. And now you're in a situation where, you know, they only had four safeties dressed today, mm-hmm. and two of them the got hurt. Got hurt by the end of the first quarter. And so he, then what happens yeah. if one of those guys gets hurt in the whole rest of the game? I mean, you're you, and to, <laughs> so 
they they have seven receivers. They have too many receivers, mm-hmm. and then two of them had to be inactive in the opener. And then they want to bring one of them off in right. Bayless Jones. They want to bring him onto the active roster, but they don't put they don't um, scratch another receiver to make room mm-hmm. for him. They pull from somewhere else, and it, it just isn't going to be feasible for them. You cannot keep going this way where you don't have enough players at safety or another position, or you have to you have to uh, make Deontay Foreman inactive when you could use him. Boy, it'd be great if they could teach either someone else to return kicks or someone else to return punts, huh? You can't have seven receivers, and but like two of them don't play receiver. I mean, it just isn't. Right. You, you're not going to be able to do that. I, I know that. Uh, I, I think the, the touchdown to, to Chase Claypool midway through the fourth quarter makes this game look a little different. Uh, it, it, it makes it not quite so embarrassing, I think, offensively. And the fact is they did have a chance to go down the field and win. My question for you is: <laughs> Does that d- does that give you any feeling of momentum? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was real. I mean, that was not like um, garbage time. No touchdown. That was that, and that was a great drive, Pat, from their own ten. Eight plays, ninety yards. Move, move, move. Right. You know, big gains. Uh, Dave, uh, DJ Moore with a twenty-two yard catch on third down. Yeah. On third and ten, Claypool with the twenty-something yard catch, twenty-yard catch for the touchdown. That was great, and it did. Give them a legitimate chance. Mm-hmm. Like, first and goal, I mean, first and 10 from your own end, yes, that's a long way to go, but you have time. That was a legitimate opportunity at the end for the Bears to, what would it have been, win the game? Yeah. yeah. Tie it or win it? Yeah. Tie it. I'd say at least get down for a field goal and tie yeah. it. Like, that was a legitimate opportunity. That wasn't like getting the ball back with 30 seconds right. and no timeouts and, right. you know, we'll just take a shot in the dark and see what happens. That was momentum, and it did lead to them eventually having a real chance to uh, a legitimate opportunity to win the game, to hire win the game. Chase Claypool uh, misses a couple blocks last week, shows some bad body language, uh, and then we spent all week talking about him, and justifiably so. Um, it, I think he was a symbol of everybody's frustration. He goes out and has a fairly okay game today, touchdown catch, his first ever as a Bear. Uh, Matt Eberflus went out of his way to praise his blocking on a couple of run plays. Seemed like they got some some better effort from him. You talked to him after the game. Does he get it? Does it? Does he understand what all the hubbub has been about here? That's a good question. That's hard to say because he clearly felt that enough to go and apologize. And Chase Claypool says, by the way, he doesn't have any idea what any of you are tweeting or what we're writing or okay. any of that. He, except for that, he then hears it from his family. He also ducked us for five days. So. Right. He also he also knew everyone wanted to talk to him and seemed to have some sense of why. But okay, he he felt strongly enough that he needed to address this with his coaches, with his teammates, to apologize to them for such poor performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he objects to the questioning of his actual effort and the trying. Right. Even though Matt Eberflus and Luke Getzey both acknowledged. This week, that is part of the equation when you're talking about his poor blocking. Mm-hmm. That there need that you have to there has to be effort right. in that. Um, the question for Chase Claypool is going to be like, does he think he put this all to bed today? Because he said some things like, you know, that this was a good step in the right direction, and he wants to keep this journey going of doing things the right way and doing better. But there were also some things of, um, you know. There was also a little bit of defensiveness of like, hey, if you just pull only my bad plays from a game, then it looks like I had a really bad game, and that's not necessarily the case. So I, I hope he doesn't think like trying hard for one day down in Tampa in week two and catching three passes for 36 yards and a touchdown like 
closes right. the book on this. Like right. there has to be more than that. And with Claypool, like everybody involved in this situation has all the motivation in the world to make this work. Yeah. Ryan, Chase Claypool can make himself millions of dollars. And the only, the next, yeah, he has the most, most at stake in this. I mean, you're talking Chase Claypool has a great year mm-hmm. and you're talking like a minimum of what, like four years, 60 million yeah. or something in the, that's mm-hmm. on the low end probably right. if he has a really good year. Um, and if he doesn't, maybe you're talking like one year, five million or one year, right. 10 million. There's a huge amount of money at stake for him. Next on the list of people that have a lot at stake in this is Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, mm-hmm. who tell us that they make every decision in lockstep. So they're both on the hook mm-hmm. for trading the number 32 overall pick for Chase Claypool. That's a huge investment. Mm-hmm. That That is right now, if it doesn't turn around, the biggest mistake Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus have made personnel-wise. Right. And they would love that to not be the case anymore. Yeah. it's Then again, they're 0-2. They're probably going to be 0-3 because they play out the Chiefs next week. This thing could keep going off the rails. And it must be exhausting to have to worry about making sure Chase Claypool stays on his P's and Q's. I wonder whether there will come a point when they decide it's not worth it. And it's either not worth it because the Bears aren't going to be very good anyway, so why not get rid of them for a fifth-round pick? Yeah. Or they're just tired of them. And like I think that both uh, both outcomes are certainly plausible. Yeah. I, I personally would like to see him figure it out because, geez, given Justin Fields, a, you know, two receivers, you know, three when you count Darnell Mooney, you know, four when you count Cole Komet, like, you can make an argument that, you know, if Fields can't perform with those guys, they probably need to get a better quarterback, uh, not better help. No targets, no catches for Darnell Mooney today, by the way, and was sidelined by a knee injury at one point. Yeah, he seemed to be jogging up and down the sideline trying to get it loosened up, and uh, and it, it, I don't think he went back in the game after that. Justin Fields said something that uh, kind of connects to what you were just talking about, and Justin Fields did not say this about Claypool, but he said it broadly. That at 0-2, things can, can go off the rails here. Right. Like, there are two ways this can go, and one is to, like, you know, dig in and everybody works their butt off to redirect it. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, one of the ways this can go is it can just completely nosedive. Right. Um, I'm paraphrasing. Those aren't his exact words for it. And I had, this feels like a big 0-2. Yeah, it is, it's only 0-2, and even the stats are not that bad for teams that start 0-2 as far as making the playoffs. They're not, like, you know, just impossible. Like, it can be done. And we have a new playoff structure in yeah. the last couple of years There's that makes those stats pretty irrelevant. There's a lot of spots, and the Bears are playing a bunch of teams that you think right now at least will be bad. But it, it's not just that, they, that they're that they 0-2. Because you're going to lose – you're going to go 0-2 in a two-game stretch at some point somewhere. But it's 0-2 – on two fronts. It's 0-2 after all of the buildup for six months, all of hearing, telling everyone how much has been fixed mm-hmm. and how this was going to be a real season unlike last year. Right. And it has been so far short of that. It's not just that 0-2 is kind of a letdown to all the buildup, but, man, it has been the it has been a absolutely ugly 0-2. And that's where we get into the defense now because Baker Mayfield hasn't had a game like that in, like, two years. Right. 300 yards, 100-plus passer rating. He's running on him. He's throwing on him. He has a 70-yard pass to Mike Evans. Like, And Jordan Love just did it last week in his second career start. What was he? he lit up the Bears. May- Mayfield 114.5 passer yes. rating. I think Jordan Love was 1-2-3-2, two, two, something like that. So they, they make every quarterback they face 
look like the best quarterback in football. And then on this upcoming Sunday, they're going to face actually the best quarterback in football. So, yeah, it's disappointing. And I think that if points would have come easier the last two weeks, I think maybe everybody would have felt buoyed a little bit just because, you know, the two questions you're trying to answer this year are, can we win? And is Justin Fields the reason why we win? Mm -hmm. And if Fields was answering that question better, and if the offense was answering that question better, Maybe Owen two would feel okay, but in you know in the locker room today, I mean, you and I talked about it while we were in there. I mean, it was a morgue. It was, it was a morgue all week in the locker room at Hallis Hall. Eddie Jackson went out of his way to tell us, like, you know, he's been playing what seven, eight years, and that you know the Monday morning locker room after the Packers loss was as quiet of a Monday morning yeah. as he'd ever seen. I I don't know whether that means that people are taking it seriously or whether people are concerned. And I think there's a difference there, but you can feel the weight on this team already. And that is just bizarre. Well, there's, there's concern. Cause in a lot of ways, Pat, like how, how would you fix it? How would you fix it? I mean, you look at their offense and I can see the potential with fields. I could see that fields could play better. That's possible. Could that offensive line block better? I, I don't know. I mean, this I, doesn't seem like it. This if is the it, offensive line that you came here with, and like in there theory, aren't, there in aren't theory, big moves to make now. In other theory, than, two weeks from now, you get both your starting guards back. Those are big moves. Yeah, yeah. Tevin Jenkins coming back at all. I mean, they had Nate Davis last week too, but the, you know, like the two biggest things any team needs is quarterback and pass rush, and like how are they fixing that pass rush? No sacks today, nope. at Baker Mayfield. No nope. one sack last week on on uh, Jordan Love. I mean, how many how many sacks did they have that? Mayfield just shook off like three, like yeah. I, I mean, in Gakwe just hanging all over him, and one play slips off. And completed passes on a couple of those. Yeah, it's it it feels like everybody was disappointed, and it, it's hard. I was explaining this to somebody the other day who wasn't really a football fan, and you're like, yeah, everybody expected better, and then they went, oh, and then you go, well, they were the worst team in football last year, and, and the follow up is like, so uh, so. Everybody thought they were going to be great. And it's, it's really hard to walk through. Like, everybody was looking for a leap, not just an improvement, but a leap. Mm-hmm. And, boy, we haven't, we haven't seen that at, at any point. No. And, you know, you know the formula. Like, you know that everything starts with the pass rush, especially the pass coverage. And so you see a secondary that looks super talented. Right. On paper. Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Tyreek Stevenson, Eddie Jackson, and Jaquan Brisker on the back end. And you know that it's going to undermine how good all those guys are. And in Stevenson's case, it's going to really um, rush him. He's yeah. going to—he's not going to get the time to acclimate that he would on a team that had a good pass rush. But now you don't have a pass rush, and you don't even have all that talent in the secondary. Kyler Gordon's on IR. Eddie Jackson left with a foot injury that we don't know how serious it was. Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker were out at, by the end of the first quarter. Jaquan Brisker for what they called... An illness, I think it must have been like heat related. Matt Eberflus said later he was dehydrated. Okay, so yeah, he he came back eventually for the game. So that's not going to be long term, obviously. But Tyreek Stevenson, this is he's not hurt, but he's hurting them. Like, <laughs> he's going to be a long term problem until he learns how to play. Like, who do you think that Mahomes is going to be looking for when he takes a snap next week? Yeah, Mahomes isn't throwing to a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Uh, you know, Mike Evans looked every bit the Hall of Famer. Today, yeah, you're right. I mean, some of these guys are getting thrown in in the fire. And you know, we talked about this last year. Just like you can't expect Justin Fields to show you exactly what he's got if he's throwing to a bunch of you know fours, fives, and sixes, 
you can't expect a secondary to show what they've got if the quarterback's got all day to throw. And they and, have. The last yeah. two weeks, those guys have looked so comfortable back there, Mayfield and Love. Yeah, and, and we watched uh, – <laughs> I, I can't wait to see the pro football focus stats on the passer rating when targeting Tyreek Stevenson because it's probably through the roof. Probably perfect. Yeah, but you know, I think we took for granted all preseason because Stevenson looked so comfortable that this wasn't too big for him. Yeah. And, you know, last week against the Packers, they play a bunch of nobody receivers who light them up. And now for the first time in his career, he goes up against a pretty good one. And there are going to be many more pretty good ones coming his way. Devontae Adams in week four, uh, you know, uh, Terry McLaurin in week five. We can go down the list. So the Bears better hope he learns from this because this was a bad day for him. Also, he got, in his defense, not to be a meatball here, he got shoved in the back by Mike Evans on a 70-yard touchdown pass. I, I think the Bears would argue that that was offensive pass interference. Probably. It wasn't probably, a touchdown pass. send in that clip to the yeah, league. Not a touchdown. Set up a touchdown. Yeah. 70 yards, though. Uh, so where from here, Jason? Um, the Bears say, ah, we're just going back to work. <laughs> uh, where from here? Arrowhead. Where from here? Where from here is like, you know, don't worry about next week. Right. The turnaround starts after that. Well, and we were talking earlier, though, you know, you and I don't think they're a playoff team even on the best day, probably. Right? Fair? I thought they had, it was in their range to do that if everything went right. But when people this week were saying, well, if they lose to the Bucs and then they lose to the Chiefs and all of a sudden it's 0-3, I don't see that as a problem. Uh, not I'm not in, counting not in the standings, but in terms no. of like what's going to happen to their season then, right? And yeah. what's going to happen to Fields then? Like that's more, you, the, more of the big picture thinking, rather than can they squeeze out nine and eight and make the playoffs? Right. They've lost twelve in a row now, by the way. Their last win was Monday Night Football in New England on October twenty fourth. If you're Fields, and I think you and I agree, the Fields is tough guy mentally, physically, and otherwise. Does this does this get to you at some point? should right it does but i don't know really what he can do about it how I mean, do you fix it he's they're trying to make him play a certain way and he can't do that mm-hmm. and the counter argument and all that would be that playing his way isn't going to get them anywhere either right that and that oftentimes last year it didn't right and the thing that he does better than any quarterback in the league every defense in the league is out to stop that and you mm-hmm. like this is very plausible that you'll have a game like this where four was it four carries for three yards. I mean, you can't just rely on that. And they have to be that. able to they have to be able to throw, and then maybe they'll be able to run. And there's no there's no sign that they can protect him. There's no sign that they can tailor the offense to him. And there's no sign from him that it would matter if they did. I think he, some of the he's deep, been making a lot of bad choices. I think some of the deep balls on the Claypool scoring drive were positive indicators. He, he's done the six. The he's six possessions. He was a rookie, yeah. but he's, we've not seen it consistently. The Monday night football game in Pittsburgh two years ago before the bye, like is that the best he's looked? Is that the best you've ever felt about him as their future? That was a breakthrough day for him, but then there wasn't. There have been few a since. To yep. That. <sighs> Should we just end it like this? Just a. The good news is, if you need good news, is okay. that there are like beatable teams coming up and the bears are one of the most beatable teams so no one is just an easy game for them but after kansas city there are games like this like against tampa where that is a fair fight for them 
Yeah, they play the Broncos. I think I said earlier they played Devontae Adams. They don't. They play the Broncos in week four. They get Devontae Adams eventually. Yeah, you're, Commanders you're right. in week five. I mean, they get the Cardinals on Christmas Eve, so they'll win one game, right? There's a lot of teams that will be beatable teams for them. Now, whether they actually beat them or not, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole different thing, but it will be a fair fight yeah. as opposed to going against the Chiefs. And the one, uh, beatable team that we had circled uh, at the start of the year, uh, the Bears have now lost both of those games by a combined 28 points. So not going well for them so far. Jason, we will uh, track all of this good stuff uh, during the course of the week leading up to the game against Patrick Mahomes. Until then, you can follow Jason, myself, and Mark Potash on Twitter. You can check us out on the Sometimes website and on the app. And uh, should I call it X or Twitter? I said Twitter, but you say X now, right? Chase Claypool today called it Twitter and said it is a breeding ground for hate. All right. I think Chase and I agree. So follow us on whatever you call the platform that is a breeding ground. On your breeding ground for hate of choice and pick up a newspaper if you can. Anyway, he's Jason. I'm Pat. We'll be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.